Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations, a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. Today, my guest and I will discuss obstacles and being a black woman, as always. (laughs) I'm your host, Jasmine W., and my guest today is a creative mind that's obsessed with organization, Pinterest, and has a love for people. It is her greatest hope that she lives a life where she impacts everyone she encounters with God-loving vibes and helps the world for the greater good along the way. You can follow her on Instagram at the M brand, T-H-E-E-M-M-E-B-R-A-N-D. Uh, give it up for my cousin, Melanie. <laughs> oh yeah, my cousin. She's definitely a creative. She does have her own website, so you can actually hire her for event planning and design needs in general. So you can check her out on her website at mlife.com. That's E-M-M-E dot life dot com. Mel, how have you been? I haven't seen you in so long. Listen, um, you know, 2020 has been real, but I've also been really blessed this year. And um, I still feel like I have some sort of mental sanity. So I'm good. I still have work. So that's always nice. Um, I was able to move um, to an apartment I really wanted to move into. And um, yeah, my husband's doing some great things too. So I really, I could complain, but there's really nothing to complain about. Well, you look good. Okay. You know, I I feel good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, put on some sheer coverage and hope for the best. Sure, honey, listen, to be able to put on sheer coverage is a blessing because not everybody is able. Baby, everybody not able. (laughs) You can try. I want everybody to know not you may not be able to do sheer coverage, but that's another uh, conversation. Um, We always start the show off with a quote of the day. okay? and you know this quote, Mel, because you chose it. So it's you may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so you know who you are, what you can rise from how you can still come out of it by Maya Angelou. This is our second quote, I think, on the podcast from Maya Angelou. Why did you choose it? I love it. Yes, we love some good Maya. She good to our soul. Um, For me, this resonated with me just because, I mean, just like I'm sure anyone can attest to this, you get several no's in your life. Um, And specifically for me, I've gotten no's in my life in different facets, but I've also felt like I've hit a lot of rock bottoms. Just... Mm and learning but in those rock bottoms I felt like that's when I really knew myself what I really wanted out of life what I didn't want to deal with or what I didn't want to do anymore so it's just like in those low moments I really felt those aha like light bulb moments to really understand who I am and what I wanted out of life and it may not be the case for everyone but it's what you know that's what that's me you know a girl ain't trying to fail but in her failure I can't say that I have learned a lot about myself and who I am and what I want to be. So shout out to Maya resonating with my soul. I really appreciate the fact that you said you've hit a lot of rock bottoms. Like there is somebody probably listening right now who feels like they're at rock bottom. What, how did you pull yourself out of that? Okay. So you definitely going to have your spell of depression. A girl could definitely cry in the corner or in the dark closet. Okay. (laughs) but I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that even when I feel like I even when I'm in those really low mental pits like super dark 
um, I just can't stay there. But I do allow myself to feel. I need mm. to feel everything that I have gone through or am enduring or trying to overcome so that I can kind of process it. And I'm a Virgo. I don't know if it's a Virgo thing, but most Virgos I know are like highly emotional people. And this is what we have to do. We have to process and feel. So sometimes me feeling maybe in the dark closet or crying in the corner, but I'm going to be good when I get out of it. The biggest thing is not stay there. It's feel what you need to feel, go through it, journal it. I like to journal sometimes. I like to write my feelings on um, sticky notes, you know, being Mary Jane style. (laughs) But the point is just to get it out or to feel it, talk to someone that you trust and move on from it. And moving on doesn't necessarily mean that you're done with it. It just means that you've gotten to a point to where you processed it enough to move on to whatever you need to do that day. Everything that you just said was awesome, was a part of a conversation I was having earlier today. Um, Like, it's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel... You know, whatever you're going to feel about whatever situation you're going through, but you cannot stay there. At some point, you do have to move through it. You do. You really do. And um, because I just know that being stuck, like what is being stuck going to get you Mm. anywhere? If your car got stuck in the mud, it's like, baby, you can press the gas all day long, but that tire just going to be going round and round and you ain't going nowhere. Mm. Like in your life, it's just like, you know, you have your have your pity party, which yes. is, you know, have the dark cloud, but baby, you need to find the sunshine at some point because it's, you're not doing yourself a good service by just staying in your mess or your situation, whether it's your fault or not. Mm. Y'all know what? We only, what, like 10 minutes into the podcast? If you don't learn nothing else, I don't even know what to tell you. That is a great transition into random questions. Y'all know I always ask my guests random questions so that we can get to know Melanie a little bit. Um, Speaking of moving on, what obstacle have you overcome in 2020? Like, what's one thing you say, wow, I actually... I actually made it through that. And it could be COVID related, not COVID related. It could be COVID itself. But what do you think? My biggest obstacle this year, I would say, is, you know, some pride that I had. I had a really hard time forgiving someone this year. And I'm such a principles person. Like, no, it's the principle of the time. You know, I can get over a situation, but baby, that principle hit hard for me. (laughs) And, um... I had to really like sit with myself and really pray to God. And God was just like, you need to go ahead and forgive. It's like, what? He, you know, the Lord talks to me the way I'm talking to you right now. You know, right. you over here just harboring on to something that, yes, in the principle, it is something that you could be upset about. In the principle of it, you can be mad. But baby, how long are you going to be mad for? It had been like almost a year at that point. So it's like, how, how long are you going to be mad for? But I'm like, Lord, it's the principle. <laughs> Look. And then he was like, let's talk about you since you want to talk about the principle. How many times have you messed up? Mm. And I could have been over here like, mm. it's the principle. And I'm like, okay, Lord, we ain't talking about me. But like, sat out. You know, so that was really big for me. But ultimately, my lack of forgiveness was the fact that it was just a pride thing. But um, once I did that and I reached out to the person and I said my piece, I felt so much freedom. Yeah. So much 
hate. And then when I really look back at it now, I'm just like, man, I've been through way worse with some folks. Yeah. That I have forgiven like easy. So while I don't know why this was a thing. Yeah. So I'm just looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, girl, you tripping. Like, you done wasted so much time. Thank God God gave you grace to get through it. But I needed that because I needed to see life differently and how I deal with people and understand that, yes, you have to have boundaries. Yes, you need to guard your heart. But some things, it's like, why are we even doing all that? Yeah. 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 So that was big for me this year. You know, just one thing I will say about this whole quarantine is that you really have to, like, for me I really sat with myself and my eyes have really been open to see a lot of things about who I am what I'm about and just kind of like reevaluate where I'm at in my life and in my mentality and my perspectives so it's been interesting getting to know myself this year one thing about you Mel that I always have appreciated as adults as we got we got to know each other you know and Mel is my cousin, by the way, so I might not have said that. But you always are very real. You know what I mean? Like you're very honest, you're very transparent. And that's one thing I always know that I can get from you is like your authentic self, you know? Well, listen, this is how you gonna get. This is all I got to <laughs> Honey, I've been there done that, trying to put on. Yes. Try to be something I'm not a conform. It made me feel awkward, and it probably made me sweat my pits, so. Okay. You know, this all y'all gonna get from me. That actually, okay, so my next random question is in relation to that. And this came from TikTok. I thought this was a really good question. What lies did you tell yourself in high school to get by? Oh, child, was father guy. So, <laughs> let's just make this very clear. I think I told myself more lies in college than in high school. <laughs> That's when I started messing up, really in college. A girl yeah. was, oh. But one thing I will say in high school is that I feel like I was always kind of insecure in high school just because um, I feel like I had diverse friend groups. Yeah. And, um, you know, as teenagers, you're kind of just exploring everything. And I went to a pretty diverse school. So I feel like I was kind of exposed to different things, you know, good and bad. But one thing I will say is that I used to just always shortchange myself, whether that was with uh, with boys I liked or I was a super band nerd. So it was just like doing, you know, maybe, you know, being ignorant or doing things that weren't the best, you know, trying to get first chair for clarinet. You know, girl, I kind of stuff. <laughs> But in high school, I felt like I still like stuck to my guns about what I wanted out of life. But baby, when I got to college, what changed? I felt like in college, it's just like a whole nother like playing field that you're in. And like I said, I was pretty insecure as an adolescent. So it wasn't like I was just sure about a lot of things about myself. In college, you just get so much at once. And I wasn't just out here like wowing out or anything, but it was just always that mental of second guessing like, oh, well, maybe I should do things like them or maybe I should do like, and then you're still trying to like study and focus and child, I had to end up changing my major, you know, cause you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. 
you know, all these things. But one thing I will say, which is terrible, but whatever. The one lie that I told myself, but might be a good way of life because kid, first of all, college students are still doing this. But they said it's better to cheat than repeat. That ain't right. That ain't right. But who ain't cheated in one of their classes or two? Cheat like how? What's cheating? I Listen, I'm flexible, so I don't know what cheating is, child. I didn't really cheat in college, but I definitely, you know, I had a hustle. Like, I do your homework for a fee. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I love to write. I think I'm a good, um, I think I write papers very well. Yeah. And you know, some people, some of my peers caught on to that. So, yeah, I'll write your paper for, you know, for a fee. How much you charge? Baby, it depends on how much work I have to do because I'm still in school myself. But five <laughs> page paper, you know, and it has to be researched and you have to have your APA guidelines and format and that can easily run you $50. Oh, yeah. You, you real, you're affordable, though, because if you, if you have a little job in college. Listen, I'm not going to be the one that's selling fish plates for $50. I'm not that type of black. I'm going to be fair. Okay. I'm going to be fair. No shade for anybody that sells fish place for 40 or 50 dollars then just ain't me not even a not even a fried catfish plate with two sides well, let's be honest catfish don't cost that much <laughs> and it don't take much to drop it in some grease okay uh, okay uh mel is so funny okay my next question is what's your favorite song right now Right now, my favorite song, it's like my anthem, is by Alicia Keys and Khalid called So Done. I sing that song anytime I'm in my feelings and I need a confidence boost. Like people going to Beyonce, baby, I'm going to Alicia right now. Are right you? Now. Just that song, not her whole album, no shade. <laughs> Just that song. That, that's my song right now. Because I was about to say, you run into Alicia, you might be the only one cause, because... Trust me, I would be. Um, <laughs> no shade. I heard this song because um, I don't always keep up with like the hottest new stuff. Yeah, I, same. I have, I, see, I have a collection of playlists that I have curated, thought out, taken the time, you know, on Apple Music. Yep. And, um, you know, I listen to those things all the yes. time. I'm the girl that's listening to the same songs, you know, for 10 years straight. When I heard this song on the radio, like maybe like a, yeah, maybe like last month, and I was like, a bop. A bop. I was like, hey, Siri, um, name that tune. And she <laughs> told me. And I put it, I added it to my playlist. But no, that's my jam. I love what it says. I love what it's about. And even in times where I feel like I need a confidence booster, I just jam that song. Okay, y'all. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to ask one final random question. And that is whether Melanie will be getting the COVID vaccine when it comes out. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm here, Jasmine W., with my guest, Melanie. And remember to follow her on Instagram at the M Brand, spelled T-H-E-E-M-M-E-B-R-A-N-D. And before we took a break, we were talking about random questions. So Mel, when the COVID vaccine comes out, are you going to get it? So um, with President Trump, you know, he was saying that it was going to come out next month. And if it does come out and it's available to the people, I, I won't I won't take that one. I'm okay with uh, wearing my mask. Now, <laughs> Dr. Fauci said maybe next fall. And if it's available to the people, I feel like it'll be available to higher risk groups. So yes. thankfully, praise the Lord, I won't be in that number because I'm not high risk. Yeah. Um, so no, I won't be taking it then. But one thing I will say is that um, I was actually talking to some friends the other day about this. I believe in medicine. Mm -hmm. I believe that God has gifted um, human beings to understand the body. Um, Even though I believe the body is able to heal itself, um, you know, we just kind of diminish over time. So sometimes we need help. So I believe in science. I believe that Um, People have special gifts to figure things out. But I also believe that clinical trials, whether it's vaccines or other type of medications, need time. Mm -hmm. So um, and in order, and sometimes you don't get all the time in the world, but I do have a clinical research background and I understand that clinical trials need time. I don't know if this is enough time for me and I don't have any problem with rocking my mask collection that I've been rocking since March. But at some point, if I feel like, you know, the research is good enough for me, then I don't mind taking the COVID vaccine just because it's something that is necessary. I believe this virus is very real and it's affecting a lot of people. And thank God I haven't been affected by it, but I don't want to put someone else in danger that can be negatively affected by it in a very bad way. So I am definitely open to the vaccine. Not next month. (laughs) No, that's too soon for me, for me. That's too soon for me. But maybe later on, I will feel differently. I love that you're well-educated on this. I am not educated on this at all. And I will say that I am not taking any vaccine that ever comes out. (laughs) I don't take nothing from the government that's free. That's me. That's okay. Because when you start clapping like this, (laughs) (laughs) baby, when the claps come, you don't need to take it. Okay. Okay, my husband has mentioned, my husband has asthma, you know, he has a pre-existing condition. He has mentioned that he would be willing and open to take it as soon as he feels necessary. And you know what? He is my high risk partner. And if he willing to take it all good for him, for me, that's going to be a decline. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, listen, if, if I think about taking it or John is thinking about taking it, I will reach out to Melanie beforehand for her expertise. Moving on to some trending topics. Um, we have some good ones this week. The first thing is being a black woman, Mel, is always trending, as you know. <laughs> um, how does being black or being a black woman feel? And how does it and does it feel any different in New Orleans versus Dallas, where you're from? Um, being a black woman definitely feels different in New Orleans. Um, not to say that Dallas is just, you know, any better, 
but I definitely experienced certain things um, moving here when it just comes to like stigma and stereotypes. And I get it. Um, New Orleans is definitely its own world. And yeah. um, one thing I will say, I've never visited New Orleans prior to moving here. So even though I had an idea of what this place was like, I never just really knew. And um, ultimately coming here, of course, I'm being from Dallas, this being its own little bubble, you know, I'm very different than a lot of people here, period, no yeah. matter your ethnicity. But um, how are you different from people in New Orleans from being from Texas? Listen, you know, I think my um, perspectives and kind of how I think, um, my progressiveness, you can come to New Orleans and, um, you know, feel like you just stuck maybe like 50 years ago or something lord baby they don't want nothing modern at all i love clean lines um you know maybe a slate gray <laughs> you know about <laughs> here we go let me put it like this baby i like restoration hardware yes to crate and barrel now here you People made love Kirkland's. Um, Kirkland. Pier one. Pier one. Yeah, Kirkland is <laughs> Southern home living. You know, things like that. Baby, they put a Z gallery here and it didn't last but a month. Seriously? Yeah, the, the Z gallery didn't last, honey. It's kind of, you know how people say that New Orleans charm? Yes. That's really like what it is. New Orleans just has its own way, like its own way of doing things, its own kind of like visual aesthetic, its designs, um, you know, shotgun houses. I don't know if yeah. you know those, but you know, those are like things out here. Yeah. And they matter and they have this historical kind of um, history behind it but you know even though it's kind of all far-fetched for me and it may not be a preference for me that's what I really love about this city and what I appreciate it because they just stick to what they love yeah they, they glorify the local um, businesses and the local restaurants like you won't find a lot of chain restaurants out here like yeah. I just appreciate the fact that these people embrace their city they embrace what it's about the good and the bad and they are loyal to it. Yeah. Baby in Dallas, they don't care if you've been there 30 years or not. If it's time for you to go, they're going to wipe you out. Period. Okay? <laughs> oh, Thank honey. you for your time. Baby, your barbecue restaurant been here for 50 years. Oh, that's, that is lovely. Here's a check because we're buying you out and we're going to make townhomes. That's what they... <laughs> yeah. You, you're not going to get that down here. Like, people have to fight to get new things down here because people love the local stuff and they're not going to let anybody whether you got big money or not run over it yeah and that's what i appreciate so much about this city because you're not gonna find that anywhere else do you um think you guys will ever move back to texas that is a very layered um <laughs> I, can, I can give you a very layered answer um but no i don't know who you be who be listening and that ain't that business but I will say, <laughs> oh, I crack myself up. I will say that there are a lot of determining factors that will um, kind of dictate whether we move back to Texas. 
I feel like um, if we do, it won't be anytime soon. My next question is an interesting one. Somebody actually asked, wanted uh, me to ask you this on TikTok. So they said, have you ever been to, they said predominantly white, but I, I really wanna know, have you ever been to an all white church? And if not, could you imagine yourself attending an all white church? Okay, so um, I have been to predominantly white churches. I don't know if I've been to only white churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I have and I haven't paid attention. Okay. But I have been to predominantly white churches. I think the church that I attend now is predominantly white. Okay. Um, but there are pockets of diversity at my church. And I really don't have any issue with that. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, one thing that I've learned from my husband is that you just have to be yourself. And if people don't want to accept you, you know, even if it's not even about, you know, your ethnicity, like you just have to be true to yourself. So one thing I will say that I love about my church now is that um, my pastor, he always has made it very clear that he wants a multi-generational interracial church. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like his duty from his vision that God has given him to reach out to different groups of people to one, know who God is and to love Jesus, but to really like bridge the gap. Because when you really think about it, church is so segregated and it really sucks. At once upon a time ago, churches were the pillar of law and how the world works and just kind of like that cornerstone of all life and it may look different now, but it's just like, I feel like the last thing that needs to be happening is segregated churches. So I love what my pastor's doing at our church. I love um, just being a part of that vision and just, you know, serving um, everyone that comes and we're just growing and growing. So let me put my little plug. If you ever come to New Orleans, come visit (laughs) One Hope Church. (laughs) One Hope Church. Yes, One Hope Church with Pastor Josh Canizero. He is awesome. He's such a wonderful pastor, teacher, and friend. We love him so much. And I'm just so thankful of what God is doing through him. And, you know, he's bold about it, too. That's what I love. Like, look, this is what we're doing over here, okay? Right. And I love it because I feel like that's that's what church should look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't have anything against, you know, all black or all white churches. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like, why should churches be segregated like that? Like, yeah. Let's come together because, baby, one thing I will say, it ain't a black section or a white section in heaven. I think maybe one reason people were talking about this on TikTok, too, because there was a trend where people would do these videos, and they're actually kind of funny, but people would do these videos where they say, where they're pretending to be a white woman in church, praising God and singing right after she didn't call somebody the N-word or said something about, you know what I mean? Like they say, this is Kathy, right after she get done cursing somebody out and telling them to go back to Africa and she in church praising, you know what I mean? Like that's where that may have come from, but I think that I don't understand. Like I think that churches should not be segregated either. That is one thing that always bothered me. And it also bothers me when there's a church and then somebody builds a church across the street. It's like- Church competition, Chaz. Like, (laughs) this church is chicken. Lord help us. 
you know, go where you feel like you can be stretched, that, you know, the Lord can use you, you can serve. You know, that's why I feel like it's 95 million thousand churches on every corner. Go mm-hmm. where you, go where you find your fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in a perfect world, I wish that churches didn't have to be that way. Mm, absolutely. Well, listen, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to talk about Kamala Harris and we're going to give advice to someone who's considering moving over a thousand miles away with their boyfriend. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. y'all welcome back to colored couch conversations i'm here with melanie and the last trending topic for today is a very interesting one i had i came up with this question because everybody's talking about you know the presidential election so kamala harris is a black woman mel who went to an hbcu and you went to an hbcu she pledged in a black um sorority and people are bringing up her past on the, you know, as a DA and all of that. And I'm wondering, is it possible to have experienced that much black culture and be that black and be submerged into this black experience and be a sellout? And some people are calling her a sellout, not saying that she is, but I'm just saying uh, uh, what I see a lot of black people are saying about her, you know? Um, so I wanted to know, like, I was on the fence about it. So I wanted to know your opinion. Here's my thing. I'm not so quick to call people sell that they are sell out because people are being true to themselves. Mm. And I feel like whatever Kamala wants to do in her career, and that's that's what she wanted to do. And you know, we can labor her that, like we can say that she's a sellout, but what is that gonna what's that gonna change? Mm. You know, ultimately. So um for her to go to a HBCU and pledge, you know, I feel like when you go to HBCU, you're going to meet all kinds of Black people. And just because you're exposed to Black culture, I, I feel like Black culture is so multifaceted. Yeah. So, you know, we don't really know her reasons for attending uh, an HBCU, but at the same time, what that mean? You know, she's going to be who she is regardless. Mm. She went to whether she went to Howard, Harvard, or DeVry. <laughs> Maybe that's just my own misconce- misconception because I kind of feel like I I regret not going to an HBCU now as a as an adult. You know, it's not something that I heavily consider or even thought was super important because nobody ever had ever told me about it or that it was. You know. And, but, you know, I just kind of feel like she chose this very black experience because, not because she was ashamed of who she was, probably because she was proud to be a black woman. And then she pledged in a sorority because you do that because you're like, hey, I want to be a part of this group of black women, these sisters, right? So I just can't imagine, even though, you know, she doesn't have a great track record, you know, as a DA, like, or she put a lot of people in jail. I had a lot of people comment and say, Maybe she thought that that was going to help the community when she actually did a little bit more harm than she did good. So maybe her perception was off a little bit about what helping the community meant. 
But maybe I guess you're it, it's such great. Um, it's such a great comment that you said that no matter where you went, you're going to stay true to who you are. And we don't know why she went to a black school or black college. We can't just assume that she went because she appreciates black culture and she just loves being black. I don't know. Here's my thing. I went to a it was a pretty diverse high school, but it was still predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And of course, um I went to Prairie View A&M University, but of course my brother and my sister went there as well. And when I got there, it made me really appreciate just the layers of black culture and who black people are and what they could be. And that's the biggest thing that I got from attending HBCU because just like, I could still be who I am because I'm contributing to this to this experience, this HBCU experience. It's just so much deeper than that. And I don't feel like her going to HBCU or being an AKA validates anything. Okay. Or what she ought to be or what she should be. No, Kamala is who she is. That's Kamala. Okay, okay, I feel you. It don't matter if she went to HBCU or not. It don't matter if she's AKA or not. You know what? I actually learned something about myself in this because I had the assumption, I was making the assumption that because she went to an HBCU or she was an AKA, that blackness was important to her or had some sort of significance to her in her life. And really, it's my duty to strip away those preconceived notions that I have about people who do those things and just say that this is her And there are lots of people from from different walks of life who lots of black girls from different walks of life who choose to do the same things that she did pledge and go to an HBCU and they are who they are. She went to HBCU to get her education. (laughs) Okay, HBCUs are here because they were opportunities for black people to have a higher education. I kind of feel like, okay, I'm like being slightly hypocritical to think that of her because I I did a video on TikTok because I had gone live a couple of times and I had a couple of people comment and say, hey, I was in your live and you're not that nice. And I didn't think you were that nice nice on your live. And so I did a video and I said, who said I was nice? Who, when did I walk around preaching that I was this nice, like I'm not Michelle Obama. I said, worry about the next first lady because I can't, what is your expectation of nice? What is nice to you as well? Like I can't meet your expectation of what nice is or what you thought I was before you heard me talking on live. And that's exactly what I was trying to get across. It's like, remove your expectations of people before you know them. Sometimes we have these things that we, we feel like someone is and then once you get kind of like right up to it or right in front of them it's just like oh you're not thought what i thought you were well you thought you thought honey <laughs> i'm just saying like it's true don't set yourself up for disappointment because most in most cases you'll probably d- be disappointed right Wow. And you know what? There are three major gems being dropped in this episode, y'all. If y'all are not picking them up, I don't I really don't know what to tell you. Um, okay, well, listen, we're coming to the end of the episode and y'all know we always give advice in the keep it real corner. Mel, I want to hear your point of view on this. Um, Okay, so uh, somebody wrote me and said, my boyfriend wants me to move over a thousand miles away with him. Should I go? I have siblings here in my hometown, but I really want to move away from my hometown. We've been together two years. What's your advice? Hmm. A 
Okay. So here's some, I have some questions that she can think about because I moved for my man. But one thing I will say, I moved for my man because he asked for my hand in marriage. That's number one. Um, And how long were y'all together? um, We were, before we had got engaged, we were together, I say almost, yeah, about two and a half years. Almost two and a half years. Um, but, and some people might say I'm a little old school with it. I'm not moving for no man. I'm just not. And if I am going to move for a man, I really need to have my stuff together. I'm not just going to pick up my bags and go. That's just not me. Y'all can do whatever y'all want to do. That ain't for me. My thing is, is that I knew that my husband would be leaving Dallas before he had proposed to me. And I was like, well, we can do long distance. We can try to make it work. I was willing to make it work, but I wasn't going to move with him. Right. And um, because ultimately I just feel like if you want me to move with you, then like I said, I'm a little old school with it. You know, this this new age, I don't know if they about this, but if I'm going to move with you and you want me to move you know, on your behalf, then I just feel like maybe there's just, you know, it's time for you to step up to the plate. And I'm not rushing you to step up to the plate, but for me, that's the kind of commitment I would need. Because right. if it hits the fan, then what do I have? So that's right. why I'm like, please make sure that you are moving for yourself and you have your own stuff together because you just don't know, you know, people got that switch up spirit strong. Not switch up spirit. People will switch up on you. That's true. And I, I don't trust no man or woman that much to think that the switch up spirit ain't strong. Right. So at least have your stuff together, you know, or, you know, baby, <laughs> put a ring on it. Because I need to know. Yeah. Now, I agree with Melanie to an extent, okay, because I gave her advice on the live, but I said, you know, never move for a man. One thing my dad told me when I moved across the country with my boyfriend, who wasn't my husband yet, he said, well, what would you do if you guys broke up? What if you and your husband, or what if you and your boyfriend don't work out? And I told my dad, I said, listen, at the end of the day, I'm always going to be good. So I'm not moving because I'm chasing. I'm moving because I also want to live in California. So why would I not go? Because his, his company, company moving him. The hell up on out. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good reason for me to get on out. And I loved him and we ended up getting married. However, I had to tell my dad if for some reason it didn't work out, I would not regret the fact that I moved because I got to California. Like that was something that I wanted to do. So never move for a man, move for you. And just know, be mentally prepared. You know, not saying that things won't work out. They could very well work out. But if things didn't, you have to be okay with that decision. You have to be okay with that decision that you moved. Um, And the other thing I said, now tell me, Mel, because you're the youngest of three siblings and I'm the youngest of three siblings. And she said that she has sisters that you know she wants to be around for and didn't want to move maybe for that maybe that was one reason that was holding her back but I said you know I have nephews 
that I care about. I have six nephews and I, I don't want to move them. But at the end of the day, I'm not their mama. And that's, this is my life. So I can't stick around because of my nephews. Or how long will I stick around? Another 10 years, 15 years? So they graduate high school, college, you know? So what would you say? You have um, nieces and nephews as well. Would you... It's kind of the same, too. Being around for family is being around for family. But what would you say about her staying around because of her siblings? My thing is I love my family so much. And it's hard for me even now to be away from them. But at the same time is that you have to bet on yourself. And like you said, I ain't your mama. <laughs> for real. So it's just kind of like if you... I think what would be good for her as well is that because she says she does want to kind of like get up and move around. It's just like you already have that in your heart that you want to kind of take a risk and just do something different. So I'll, for me, I always bet on yourself because if you don't, then you're just going to hold yourself back and you could really miss an opportunity that you wouldn't even know you would have if you never do it. So yeah. Yeah, like I said, I miss my family a ton. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, like I wish I could just live back in Texas so they can be more accessible to me. But at the same time, I don't think I would be here where I am in my life if I stayed at home. All right. Well, listen, that was a lot of stuff to think about. Mel gave you a list of things. I gave you a list of things. So hopefully you can use that and sit down with your boyfriend, honey, and come up with a decision. Make sure you got a plan because... You just, the switch up spirit. Uh, all right, Mel. Well, listen, I love this episode. There were really so many nuggets within this episode. And I even learned something about myself, honey. Um, so I'd love to know, like, what do you have coming up? How can people keep up with you? Um, you could definitely go on my social media. At um, the M brand. Um, this is something that the M brand is really just, a part of me like I feel like I'm super creative I love to draw I love to um create events and just all those great things so it's just something that I decided to do about a year ago well a little over a year now and just make it something and it's really something I really enjoy so I'm just you know trying to make a little hustle off of it a hustle you know, just a little, you know, a little check here and there. So, yes, I love to create T-shirts. I am such a plain Jane, so I like snarky comments and putting, you know, beautiful faces on my shirt. It's all things that I create um, digitally or by hand. I sell it and, you know, with my events and things like that, I just love putting together experiences. I yeah. love when people come together. I love hosting parties at my home. So I just decided, you know, if somebody want me to plan something for them, I'd be happy to because I love creating experiences where people can come together and just make beautiful memories and moments because life is really precious. Like it really is. And that's events for me. Like yeah. people just coming together and taking pictures, loving on each other, cackling, having booze, and having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I love all those things. You know, if it gets me somewhere greater, that would be a blessing, but it is just truly something that is a great outlet for me. Um, so I'm not crying in the corner or in the <laughs> closet. <laughs> Well, listen, I hope it takes you wherever you want it to take you. So decide where you want it to take you 
and it's already done, okay? Um, Y'all, listen, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on the platform you're listening on right now. And if you love Colored Couch Conversations, make sure to tell someone about the show, okay? Do not be selfish. You can follow us on Instagram at Colored Couch Conversations, and you can watch the show on my YouTube. That's Comedian Jasmine W on YouTube, spelled J-A-Z-M-Y-N. Thanks to my dad. And thanks to Mel for being on the show. Girl, thank you. I am so proud of you. Like, baby, our family doing big things. I will say that. But no, I am so proud of you. You're just, just because you've been so consistent. Yeah. And you're just always just growing and developing and producing great things. Like, I'm rooting for you. Thank you so much, Mel. I know you are. I appreciate it. (laughs) 